City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You are listening to the Hornets and Heartbreak podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast is affiliated with a Fans First Sports Podcast group. On today's episode, Tim and I said what we are thankful for about the Charlotte Hornets. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do? Liquor Mark. I'm doing pretty well, man. So the Hornets are coming off of the best win against the year uh, in overtime against the Celtics. Beating the Celtics, Tim, it feels like our Super Bowl uh, as Hornets fans. It felt amazing. Uh, yeah, I just had no expectations for the Hornets to win that game. The Celtics were 11 and two, the Hornets were three and nine. Um, and we both had like pretty fun experiences watching that game, uh, for different reasons. Tim was at the game. He's going to tell us about that. Uh, and I was watching it in Boston at a bar, like really close to the garden, um, like just surrounded by Celtics fans. And it was so enjoyable watching them all get upset uh, towards the end of the game when the Hornets made a a comeback. Everybody was cursing Jason Tatum when he missed the free throw to give the Hornets the ball back. Uh, And I was wearing a Hornets shirt, but I was wearing it under my jacket, Tim, because, you know, first of all, it was cold. And then second of all, 
Uh, yeah, I didn't necessarily want to get into a fight with anybody in Boston. So I was just kind of hiding it. But the Hornets, when they when they won the game, I unbuttoned the shirt. I proudly wore the Hornets shirt out of the bar. Uh, and I was on cloud nine. As you should be. And you know what? Being the underdog, you should have your chest out, man. Like, yeah. it's so, so annoying to go to games and like, you know, Warriors fans, Celtics fans, like Heat fans, like they'll be there. And it's like, you never see a Hornet fan just hanging out in Boston. We should puff our chests out a little bit, man. It's good. You earned it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't see too many Hornets fans. And so I was watching with two people and I was telling them before the game, like, yeah, it's, it's in Charlotte, which normally gives, you know, a significant like home court advantage. Uh, but the Celtics are favored by 10 points. So don't expect too much. Um, and like, I was just kind of half watching at the beginning, but at the end of the game, uh, in the third and fourth quarter, my eyes were just glued to the TV. I didn't want to be rude because the other two people didn't really care about basketball. So I was like trying to parse out having conversation and then also watching the game. But by the end, everybody at the table, even people who were not that into basketball, were just, everybody was just staring at the TV in awe of, uh, the Hornets run led by, led by LaMelo ball, but really, really a whole team effort. Um, and LaMelo outdueled Jason Tatum, Tim. That's what it comes down to. It's called like it is. LaMelo, winner. Tatum, loser. All right. Um, <laughs> you know how many, you know how many conference finals games LaMelo has lost? Zero. <laughs> I was about to say, dude, I don't think, I don't think LaMelo's ever lost a playoff series. I think he has that. Oh, man. Undefeated. My boys, yeah. Teflon. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got, uh, he's got ice in his veins. What about, how, what was it like being at the game, Tim? Oh, dude, I got to say, pardon my language, it was fucking lit. It was so cool, man. Like, you know, because in those circumstances, especially like going into halftime, Tatum at 31, and there was kind of a sea of green. And there were a lot of Celtics fans talking, like rightfully so. Like, you know, talk talk when you're up, that's cool. But man, it felt really desperate there, like beginning of the third quarter. And honestly, I it was a sea of joy by the end of the game. I honestly like I had such a good time, like seeing like a proper game, like an upset. And again, it's November. It's not <laughs> you know like the NBA Finals, but you know what? For us, it kind of is. Like you know, Jay Z says that uh, moral victories are for minor league coaches, but you know what? We're kind of minor league, and this is a moral victory, and I'm taking it, and yeah. I enjoyed it, man. It was awesome. Like yeah. everyone, you just, you just walk out of the stadium, you know, like how spectrum center is set up. So like you funnel into the same thing and it's just a bunch of dudes that are just like, man, that was the best game of all time. And we just kind of hung out there and just had a blast, man. You got to just, you got to just take, take the good with the bad. And man, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The, the two people I were with like objectively Celtics fans but they were happy for me. They were happy for me. I needed it. I needed it. Uh, and yeah, what what a sick win, Lamelo. Uh, definitely the bright spot. He's completely turned it around. And Tim, it's the day before Thanksgiving. We're gonna do a uh, Thanksgiving themed episode, the most cheesy theme of an episode of all time. But we're gonna do it. What are we thankful for? First thing was that Celtics game. Extremely thankful for it. Uh, second thing is going to be LaMelo taking the fourth-year leap, Tim. Past eight games, he's averaging 32 a game on 45% from three. 
you and I both after five games, you know, we didn't record an episode, but after five games, we were just distraught. Uh, and Hornets fans everywhere were probably a little bit distraught. Like, what is going on with Lamelo? He was he was terrible. He was terrible for the first five games. Um, and he's completely, completely turned it around, having one of the best stretches of his career, if not if not the best stretch of his career the past eight games. Um, he's had six 30-plus 30, 30 point games in the past eight games, uh, only two below that with his lowest being 25. And, I mean, the big thing is, like, just the scoring, the shooting – um, he had that crazy shot in the game against the Celtics where he knocked down Drew Holiday and then dribbled in and, and shot it high off the glass. He's improving as a finisher and he's looking to get to the rim and his three-point shot is finally going in. So, um, yeah, he looks, he looks like incredible. I don't know if this is, this is sustainable, but I'll take it. It's great. So we're like so far removed from like his rookie year where we were like, oh, man, well, how long can these three-point shots go in? And now it's like, okay, we're four years, a 1,000 attempts in. Like, okay, he's like at a high 30s percent shooter. How long is it going to take for you to get used to him, like, actually just making shots at the rim? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point because it's been happening. You know, it's been happening. And even in the first five games, the one bright spot that I thought I could take away from the first five games was that he was trying to get to the rim. Um, and there was like one game he had like 12 free throws early on. I think that was the second game of the year. And yeah, yeah. He's like, he's trying to get to the rim more and he's taking less of those mid range shots that I don't personally think he's very good at. Um, I think he's best when he's just three, three or at the rim or pass. Um, and I like it. I think it's a better shot selection for him. Yeah, man, really healthy shot diet. Also like, even like when he doesn't get as many foul calls as like, you know, we would like, which is, you know, fair. Like number one, one, number one rule of the podcast, never complain about foul calls. LaMelo, he'll get them when they comes. But it's like, man, he had 14 free throws uh, about three games ago. But he's actually getting to the basket and like trying to initiate contact instead of just like putting a forearm in and hoping for the best. And that leads to sustainable winning and playmaking. If you get pressure on the rim, then suddenly those passes that he wants to go for it, instead of like three feet of space for Gordon Hayward, it's five feet. I think LaMelo is on the right track to actually, dare I say, Mark, be a superstar. Let's do it. Let's do it. Wait, so Tim, I have to ask, do you want to take back your Hoper Cope from two weeks ago? Uh, do you want to say that there's more hope now than, than we should cope with uh, LaMelo being only the third best player from his draft class behind Halliburton and Edwards? Um, see, this, I think, would be a different conversation four days ago. If we um, if Tyrese Maxey was coming off a 50-piece, we might be like, oh, he might be the fifth best player. Um, a little dicey, you know, like, he is, like, not a bad player, but I do think that the concerns... I talked about we're fair. We're like, ah, like, you know, kind of want like you don't want just three point shooting. You want the rim attacks. You want the pick and roll. Like you want like dissecting defense. And he's done it. Small sample size. It's not fair for me to be like, oh, he's totally changed in the last week. But I mean, like, it is he's shown that like it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think what you said uh, is that like, you know, his his play feels like it's not uh, not it's, sustainable. It's yeah, it's flimsy, and like somebody like Halliburton, it feels like more repeatable, and that that is a valid concern where he has these stretches where he shoots 45% from three, but what happens when he's not, you know? Uh, and when you're the best player on a team, I think that's what makes the best players the best players, is that they they find other ways when the shot isn't falling. And I'm not sure LaMelo's, like, quite there yet. You know, it seems like he's either, like, really confident in playing super well or his shot's not falling and he's kind of bad. Um, like, a player like LeBron James, what's he going to do if he's missed two threes in a row? He's going to bulldoze to the rim and he's going to get, he's going to get a layup. Like it's going to happen or he's going to look for his teammates. And I don't think Lamella quite is there yet. He doesn't understand um, that, that concept like fully yet, but he's going to get there. I have confidence. All right. So um, reporting live from Charlotte, North Carolina, Mark says that Lamello's not good because he's not as good as LeBron. Correct. But Correct. No, but all joking aside, like, you know, like Lamelo, like he got like the TikTok fame, you know, like the ball fame, like, oh, okay, like such a flashy player. And like some of that, yeah, like maybe his, pre- or his passes aren't extremely practical. But then you also see an example um, like the Knicks game, even though, you know, we did get drilled. But Lamelo created three alley oop opportunities in like five possessions. And like, you know, it seems kind of like, oh, showboating flashy passes. But in reality, if you have a guy that can like drill an accurate alley-oop from 45 feet away consistently, that's a massive fucking tool for any team. Like that is like, you know, it gets like, it's not like cool to talk about. There's no advanced staff, but it's like, oh man, it's kind of cool if your point guard can just create an open two-point shot from 50 feet away consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that I mean, that's definitely one of his best skills. Just, just like on the money passes, on the money passes from like anywhere. Um. All right. Next up, you talked about the next game. Brandon Miller. We are thankful for him. Uh, in specifically his performance in the next game, he had twenty nine points. That is a career high for him. He's on track to be first team All Rookie. Kind of solidly like the third best rookie right now behind Victor and Chet. And that's uh, that's good enough for me, Tim. Uh, that means we drafted him exactly where we should have drafted him. Um, and there's nothing, you know, I think we're, we'd be much more depressed if we had Scoot Henderson or Eamon Thompson uh, at this point in the, in the season. He hasn't been, like, incredible, uh, but he's he's been good. He's been good, and he's, he's fit in as a starter. Yeah, and I think, like, this starter point is a good point where, like, it's easy to kind of beat up on bench units, but mm. as soon as playing 40 minutes a game, like, you know, and that's like due to injuries, but Clifford at least is like, okay, does it. He had a great plus minus against the Celtics and you just watch him play and you're like, okay, he's got it. He's got it. Like, and when the three actually does start to fall, like in the Knicks game, suddenly you're like, wow, man, he really does look like Paul George. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how sustainable that is, but I do think that like we're seeing the we're seeing the edges of something that's really impressive. Like um, and Eric Collins just gushed all over it, where he started a pick and roll top of the key, and then faked right, went left, 
And then Mitchell Robinson covered him on the pick and roll and just picked up with his left hand and hit like hit like a flip shot off glass. And like Robinson had no idea what to do. And I was like, wow, that's like a grown ass man YMCA shot. Yeah. And he's yeah. got that first year. Pretty confident. Yeah, man. I mean, his shot looks looks real. Like all of the hype about <clears throat> about his shooting was legit. Um, and I've been particularly impressed with his like mid-range pull-ups. <clears throat> the way his shot goes in, you I mean, it's just so clean. Every time every time he makes a shot, it seems to swish. And I mean, he's just got a smooth game to him. I'm not sure he's shown flashes of like being capable of being necessarily the best player on this team yet, but he's shown that he could be the second best player and a very, very good second best player. He's shown flashes that when the time is right, he will be the first best player. Yeah, this is, you know, maybe I should save this for March content, but, um, now man, I think he's like the real deal. Like I'm, I'm very into it. And you know what? I verbally, let's just keep it rolling. Um, you know the feeling when like you're watching a Warriors game and like Steph gets like a half second of open space and you're like, I would, I'm shocked if the, if he misses this 35 footer. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about when Brandon Miller pulls up from 16 uncontested. I'm like, that's butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do kind of think every single shot he's taking is going in. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I think it's because his makes are so clean. Um. But yeah, man, he's been good. He's been awesome. Uh, and it's just nice. It's nice to have another, I mean, we have some young talent on this team, Tim. Uh, that, that gets us into, into Mark Williams. Uh, he's going to be a dog, averaging 14 and 10 in his second season. Thankful for Mark Williams. We are fourth in the league in offensive rebounding. Uh, the Hornets, you know, have their franchise center. I texted like a, a friend who lives in Boston, we were talking about the game. I, my former roommate in college, my freshman year, and uh, he, he told me where to go to watch the game in Boston. And he was saying, yeah, like, Lamelo looked very good. Brandon Miller, I'm not completely sold on yet, but he looked good, and Mark Williams is going to be a dog. That's I think that's what he said. Uh, so he he was impressed. I'm impressed. Um, every every time Mark Williams is on the court, good thing good things seem to happen. And you know what? I'll throw a little bit of love for Nick Richards too. Passable backup center. Uh, I'll say it. He's. I don't love him. Uh, I don't love his like inability to throw a uh, ball inbounds or his inability to dribble. But he does. He does do a couple things very, very well. One of them. One of them is just rebounding. One of them is he sets very good screens. He has some skills that are at a high level. <laughs> yeah, I um, I like what you said about like you know other people. Um, I guess we can, we'll call it the, uh, Kyle Kuzma rule where as a Hornets fan, when I watch Kyle Kuzma, I'm like, wow, so this is what it was like to watch Jordan. <laughs> my, like, you know, other than you know, as much as I, you know, we obviously created a very successful model for a podcast of Hornets fans, but you're the only Hornets fan I really have in my life. Um, and so all of my other friends are like, fans of other teams and they'll text me and they'll like every time we play their team they're like dude what's up with this mark williams guy mm-hmm. we're like man why is he so good oh my god and yeah, yeah dude mark is kind of the truth like you know he might not ever be rudy gobert he might not be that but it's like yeah you just kind of like slot him in eight years we have paint defense 
We have someone that can get your ball. And, you know, give him a little bit of grief for maybe getting out-muscled by Mitchell Robinson, which he was totally dominated against um, in two games. And, um, but, you know, against a team that doesn't have, like, a stud center, Mark Williams, kind of an automatic double-double. And yeah. that's, like, 20 teams out of the league. I mean, he's that. averaging 14 and 10. He's a- averaging a double-double. And, uh, I mean, he still, his minutes are, are super low, like 26 minutes a game. I know he's a center. That's kind of typical for centers these days. But uh, I would like to see him play more. We said that on the last podcast. Um, I would still like to see him play more, get those numbers up to like 17 and 12. Uh, and, yeah, man, it's it's kind of it's super impressive for a second-year center to be playing this well. Um, and I think we were both, you know, we were annoyed with the way the Hornets handled the draft last year. Uh, trading away that pick to what now is Nick Smith Jr. Um, and I mean, it, that that move, the process was not good. But what we got out of it, Mark Williams is going to be in the league for a decade. He's very good. I was kind of thinking about you when you were talking about, um, you know, like the very painful thing of like when you're with someone, but you're also like you're trying to watch the game and like uh, if it's like a five point game, everyone's in. But then also, like, it's kind of hard to, when the Hornets are down 15, be like, oh, man, do you guys see Bryce McGowan's? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, we traded for him, but it's like, nah, I mean, he's a good developmental piece. I know we're down 16, <laughs> but it's like, nah, man, we're, like, we're actually there. Like, it still was bad, you know, bad process and okay results. But, yeah, it's like, would I like to have Tari Eason? Would I maybe like to have Alfred Sangoon instead of Book Knights? potentially but you know what we got mark williams with the 15th pick <laughs> pretty good okay wait this is this is just a quick derailment but let me tell you about the other two hornets games i watched in boston <laughs> i was such an asshole <laughs> this weekend to watch the hornets we were all at dinner but everybody's speaking in spanish and i couldn't understand and so i just started watching watching the bucks game on my phone <laughs> at dinner <laughs> And uh, and then on Saturday, uh, we were at a Friendsgiving, and the Knicks game was on. I just threw it on the TV, and I'd be like eating a piece of turkey, and then just like catching uh, catching like Miles Bridges uh, with with my side eye, just like watching the game while uh, while conversing and eating dinner. Uh, but yeah, I did I did a lot of that this weekend, just kind of like kind of want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> When you went to Boston, you were like, hey, man, you know, I'll be there. Like, you know, I might watch some games. Like, you know, I'll probably be delayed. But, uh, man, shoot me updates. And I was like nine texts deep being like, whoa, dude, Brandon Miller's footwork. You got to check this out. And you were like, hey, man, out of dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, like, and then suddenly, our, so I was like, okay, let me not text as much. And then four minutes, you were like, all right, man, fuck it. They're just talking right now. Oh, my God, Brandon Miller. yeah yeah it was pretty it was pretty funny uh the the one time that i fully committed was was the celtics game the other two games i was just kind of kind of like half watching half trying to be socially acceptable it was it was pretty fun um this podcast is brought to you by allhornets.com a credentialed charlotte hornets outlet powered by sports illustrated allhornets.com's aim is to bring you 360 degree coverage on all things charlotte hornets from breaking news rumors fan Q&As, and in-depth analysis. Allhornets.com covers it all, and nobody does it better.
All right, so the other things we're thankful for um, is Gordon Hayward not getting hurt yet. Uh, glue guy Gordy. It is true that he has been not quite as good as in past years, but I've I've been like happy with this play. You know, he's getting paid $30 million a year, and he's kind of happy to take a little backseat and just be solidly like the fourth or third best player on the team. And you know what? I'm happy for Gordon that he's getting paid $30 million this year. Uh, he's, he's not doing the thing where he would do in past years where he would try to like take over games and it, I'm much happier with him in, in this role, you know? Yeah. And I think that, um, Gord kind of had a rough thing where I think he was kind of pushed back like a little early to like coincide with miles return, take a little smoke off him. And like, yeah, I mean, he was, he was pretty bad in the Bucks game and the Knicks game, but yeah, good in the Celtic game. And you know what? He's there. And also, at this point, Gordon Gordon Hayward, uh, expiring contract, thirty fifth highest paid player in the NBA. It's like, yeah, he could do worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say this contract has not been a great signing. Uh, but what else what? were we gonna do with the money? Also, a valid point. What percentage of NBA fans do you think Gordon Hayward is their favorite player? Uh, three percent. They're Ooh, all from man. Utah. They're all from Utah. <laughs> it's the state. It's the state of Utah. <laughs> there is some dude out there that has not really followed the NBA since 2015, and he's like, "Man, Gordon Hayward, he's got to be still fucking cooking, right?" <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, quick story. Another another derailment. <laughs> uh, the I one time it. I've ever ever beat somebody in 2K, we using only one player. Uh, I used Gordon Hayward on the Utah Jazz 2015-2016 to beat our good friend John. Shout out to John. I know he's listening. Uh, and he was, he was like halfway through the game. I was like, dude, I've only scored with Gordon Hayward. And then I just continued to do it. It was hilarious. It was great. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next thing on the list, uh, Miles Bridges. Still still pretty good. He's uh, came in and just immediately played a shitload of minutes. Uh, he started in the third game. I thought it would take him a little bit longer to be back in like the starting role. Um, obviously a little bit weird, a little bit weird to watch Miles Bridges back with the team, but I think it's, it's good that he's been uh, as good as he's been like this quickly. And he's only, you know, he's not quite back up to form like the, where he was two years ago, but um, I think it's encouraging the way he's played so far this, these three games. And I think he's been up to snuff. He also helps with our bench rotation. The bench rotation is not about who is the next man up, but also like, who are you filling in for? So not about the sixth man, but it's really about the ninth man. So really that's taken away JT Thor's minutes and Bridges has been good. Um, No way around it. I think that there are some chemistry issues like early on, which is kind of fair because these guys, he hasn't really played with anyone outside of LaMelo and Gordy. Um, and so like the passes, yeah, the passes might be a little tough. Um, but I think that like they're on center. I think the guys just aren't expecting it. Um, but I think that his play has been good. His jump shooting has been very, very good. I, it kind of reminds me of like Zion's first, uh, his NBA debut where he had like five threes against the Spurs. And like, you kind of want like the big dunks, but it's like, okay, like the game is there. And I do have to say that Eric Collins is really making an effort to just not sell Miles Bridges at all. 
Yeah, yeah, that's notable. Notable his call on the uh, Miles Bridges three pointer against against the Celtics. You know, he only has a uh, he has a very low percentage of dunks so far. Haven't really gotten the like massive Miles Bridges slam yet, um, which I'm I'm sure is coming. And yeah, it's it's. He, it's nice to not have so many JT Thor minutes. Like the bench, the bench was very, <laughs> very, very, very uh, short uh, before this. And I think we were playing JT Thor way too much and having to play uh, other players too much. Teo Maladon. <clears throat> and um, now, now it's a little bit more of like a real NBA rotation, which is, which is nice. Do you think it's, do you think like there's, you know, like it's not like hot seat is like a dumb term, but, it does seem like, you know, Clifford doesn't get a lot of credit because I do think that he has not, like, coached very well this year. But once Miles came back, he was like, all right, Maldon hit the bricks, Thor hit the bricks, and he might, he'll probably end up running our guys into the ground at some points. But he's pretty much keeping, like, a tight eight-man rotation. Yeah, yeah, which is smart, which is smart because, uh, I mean, Terry's out, like, it, it makes sense to to keep this rotation tight at the moment um because i think i think we know who needs to be playing right uh it's jt Dornteo have just not really shown anything in, in their minutes for the first 10 games so uh time time to let them let them figure it out in practice maybe give them another real run later later on in the season but that was that was just not working so uh, yeah, happy happy about that, Tim. You have like a a big kind of galaxy brain take uh, for another thing to be thankful for. Uh, what's what's your last last thing here? Yeah, man, it's like you know the time being in this this would have maybe been a little better before the Celtics game, but you know the future doesn't look incredibly bright at the moment. But five years ago in the NBA, a lot has changed. Mark, what was going on in the NBA five years ago? Um, the Celtics had Kyrie Irving. Uh, the Sabonis Oladipo Pacers almost beat LeBron. Uh, they, that series went to seven. The Sixers had Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. They seemed like one of the best teams in the league. The Raptors with Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam, just they won the finals in the 18-19 season, and they seemed like they were – uh, going to be the best team in the league for a few years. Kawhi Leonard got traded. That quickly went away. People thought the Warriors were never going to lose. Uh, Blake Griffin was first team All-NBA. He is now somewhere. The Trailblazers made it to the Western Conference Finals that year. They seemed like they had a super bright future. They never did that again. Yeah, uh, a lot of things change pretty quickly. Who's to say we won't be the next Raptors, Tim? And acquire, uh, I don't know, uh, Anthony uh, Edwards. I don't, have, I don't know. You might acquire fucking Kawhi Leonard again. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I'd ask you this. All right. What are the odds that over under two and a half players on our roster today, November 22nd, are on the team November 28 or uh, November 2028? Ooh, that's hard. I think I think the correct answer with the way the NBA is is under, but it's like Brandon Miller, Mark Williams, Lamella Ball seems likely, but I don't know. 
Yeah, it seems like, you know, most likely I would say LaMelo, just like a contract situation, not like he should go. But yeah, like there's a there's a real chance that it's like five years from now, we're like, man, can you believe we got a Brandon Miller Jr. on the team? It's awesome. <laughs> Let's just move so fast. I think you're taking this too far. He's not gonna have a kid, right, and then the kid be ridiculous. We gotta, we gotta get rid of Brandon Miller. We gotta build around Cooper Flag. Ah, Cooper Flag is in is gonna be in the draft, not this year, but next, right? Yeah, and also yeah. he's going to Duke, man. So that just means that he's not gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. Look at Tatum. Look at Tatum, that fraud. Um, yeah, Tatum dropping forty five. I'll say it again, dude. People were so mad at him when he missed the third free throw. And I was like, you guys don't know how good you have it up here. Like Tatum has 45 points. Take it easy. <laughs> dude. Yeah. The same Celtics fan. I was talking about this game. He's like, he never misses that shot. He never misses. And I was like, oh, that happens. And that has <laughs> been explained to me since week one of the NFL season. He's like, you guys don't get it. We've only we've lost like four games, but like less than a touchdown. And I was like, "Oh yeah, this is life without Tom Brady. This is how the other side lives." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like you, <laughs> the Celtics are, are literally one of the best teams in the, if not the best team in the NBA. <laughs> like, let's let's take it easy. Y'all lost the game in November against the Hornets. I don't think the sky is falling. Um, but man. What what a win! Okay, we we kept it brief uh, today on this episode. We we got Thanksgiving things to go attend to. Uh, Tim, what do you have for media corner? Oh, my man, set me up. I'm gonna say um, NJ Lenderman live album um, live and loose. I believe he is um, from Asheville, North Carolina. He is 25 or 26, and there is a beautiful amount of music coming out of the Asheville scene right now. Um, it is kind of like, uh, no, it's not comparable to like Atlanta rap in like the nineties, but, uh, if you're familiar with shoe gaze, people call it swamp gaze where it is just like laid back pedal steel rock indie. And, um, yeah, MJ Lenderman, please check it out. Uh, both games as well. Fantastic record. All right. So since Tim had two, I don't have to do one. Uh, that is it for today's episode. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, be, be thankful for, uh, the Hornets in their four and nine season so far. Things are looking up. We're about to, I'm about to go watch this Wizards game, uh, tonight, uh, with some friends and hopefully, hopefully we beat the worst team in the league. All right. Uh, put your name on the line. Uh, are the, are the Hornets winning tonight? What you got? Yeah. 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 We're riding, we're riding the wave. Uh, of the win against the Celtics. I do believe that's a real thing. Confidence is high. Um, and I think we got it. All right. Well, fantastic. also sucks. He's going to miss 20 shots, <laughs> man. They're going to be a glorious 20 shots. Um, <laughs> love Jordan Poole. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you could be so kind as to rate view and subscribe, we appreciate it. All right. It's been real. Tim, peace. Peace. I might cut out the part where he said Miles Bridges is a piece of shit, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that.
Yeah. Uh, just still- phrase it, phrase it like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have a beer with him. That's fine. I think. Yeah. I probably, I, I thought about saying that. But like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, should do it. Also, we're all still recording. Oh.